Our prayer for illumination. God, source of all light, by your word you give light to the soul. Pour out upon us the spirit of wisdom and understanding that being taught by you in holy scripture, our hearts and minds may be open to know the things that pertain to life and holiness through Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Luke 10, 1 through 11, and 16 through 20. You can find it in your sanctuary Bible on page 71 of the New Testament. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Verse 16, whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name even the demons submit to us. He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the Spirit submits to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. There's a short work of fiction by an author named Tim O'Brien called The Things They Carried. 
It is about soldiers in the Vietnam War based on his experience as a soldier in that war. O'Brien describes that the soldiers carried standard issue items, steel helmets, fatigue jackets, boots, rations, canteens for water. But they also carried personal necessities, mosquito repellent, chewing gum, packets of Kool-Aid, sewing kits, and yet some carried still more personal items. Norman carried a diary, comic books. Kiowa carried an illustrated New Testament that his father gave him. Jimmy carried letters from a girl in New Jersey. What they carried was also emotional. Jimmy carried a hope that that girl in New Jersey loved him. Kiwa carried a sense of distrust. The soldiers as a whole in this platoon carried their uncertainty about death. They carried the emotional baggage of men who might die, O'Brien writes, including grief, terror, love, and longing. These were intangibles, he writes, but the intangibles had their own mass and specific gravity. They have tangible weight. Now, O'Brien's story tells the truth about soldiers in combat, and he speaks of these tangible physical things that they carry as much to point to the real emotion that they carry as much as the things they carry. These soldiers ultimately needed one another. They have real human needs and desires that are common of all people. They need the love and support of family and friends. They, what they carried more than anything else was this necessity, this human need for relationship. Now when Jesus sends the disciples out to towns and villages, they go to share the peace and the love and the friendship of God. And Jesus tells them to remove the tangible items from their possession. The physical items that a traveler might normally carry, let them go, Jesus says. No purse, no bag, no sandals, no provisions. And letting go of the small securities, the supplies, to make life easier, letting go of these things required the disciples to trust relationships with one another and with God more fully, even in spaces where they might be uncomfortable or at risk. The scripture makes me think about the things we carry. My grandmother had a purse that she carried that seemed like a Mary Poppins bag. At the movies, suddenly would be revealed popcorn and sodas from its depths. At the park, there was food for geese and a ball to play with. When we got messy, suddenly there was everything required to clean up grandchildren. These things may have weighed her bag down, but what weighed on her heart more than anything else was the joy that she had for her grandchildren. 
But what these disciples are given to carry with them, their provisions, so to speak, are still tangible, though not physical. The peace of the Lord they carry with them. And the rest of these 70 disciples who go with this peace go two by two. And what they carry cannot be slipped into a pocket or slung into a backpack. The sustenance, the community, the relationship of one another as they compose a church through their relationships. They go ahead of Jesus to towns and villages. God's grace to sustain them. They go carrying God's love and a hope to be received with hospitality. They go carrying faith and trust. They go without judgment or analysis or evaluation. Because in the end, all people need an experience of this peace that they've been directed to bring neighbor to neighbor. And this peace, this faith, is a radically communal experience Even when we try to keep our faith to ourselves, we eventually bump into someone else who carries such a faith, someone who longs for something that might look like it. It's not really about what we carry. That's not really what we're talking about as much as who it is that we carry. Or perhaps sometimes we might say, who carries us? God calls the church to be those people who carry one another. God created the church as a gift for God's people for such a purpose. A pastor tells a story of a family that reveals such such a purpose. A young family with a lot of life to live still and a stroke that brought that family to a halt. A 30-something man, a husband and a father who lay in a hospital bed. Machines and tubes and medicines and medical opinions becoming a new normal. A family that has hope and little understanding of what's going on, and and a whole lot of questions about what comes next. Over coffee with the pastor, she asks the questions that we all ask in these situations. Will he die? Will will he be like this always? Would would it be better if he, he dies or if he lives with reduced abilities? And when we don't know what to do, when we turn to those around us, we turn to find that there are people to help carry us along. Those who, in the past, we might have even carried ourselves at a time. Family and friends, doctors or experts, but really, there are those who bear God's Stranger or friends somehow find themselves walking alongside in dire times. The church carries one another well in these moments. Even the simplest of tasks can seem like a generous gift. Meals in the middle of the week, prayer, 
rides to appointments, childcare when we need it. The church carries one another well in these times with cards and with phone calls and emails, concern expressed. The church in these times carries even weightier matters of being human. And in this particular instance, the young husband and father lived. His recovery took a long time. The pastor one Sunday saw the family walking in through the doors. And he was not fully himself yet and might not ever fully get there. But he was walking and talking and doing more than they had hoped. And they did not initially expect him to live. Still there he was, taking his seat in the pews, preparing to receive communion. And over all that time, through all the recovery, the church dared to carry this family, a wife and children, hold them up with love. As he continued to regain his abilities, the church dared to carry them with hope that another step might be taken. What we carry as a church may be intangible at times, but it has a specific gravity. It has a tangible weight. There are times when we do this, when our beloved does not live. There are times when they do not recover, when life remains in the space of what is most challenging. And even there, then the church still carries on, carrying one another still any way it can, bearing witness to God's grace that comes to us in all matters of life. The thing about being the church is that we do hard things together, hard decisions. We face hard social situations. We make hard decisions and we even fail sometimes. We live through hard times, always together, always with one another, always with God, always carrying one another as God carries us with grace. Grace when something comes in beautiful ways. Still, grace does not discriminate between the good times or the bad. God turns to God's children, you and I, again and again, in every situation where God says over and over, I am with you, I love you. God says, I've got your back, church, no matter what. My daughter will turn four at the end of summer. She's growing and learning, trying to do all sorts of new things. And sometimes she'll turn to my wife or I and she'll say, I can't. It's hard. And we respond by saying, yes, it is. It's hard. But you can do hard things. Now there are times that I've said this over and over again to my daughter where I catch myself at church when a team or a group of people are wrestling with something hard, I turn to myself and think, Pastor, you can do hard things. I find myself saying to elders and deacons and church members and committees, 
you can do hard things. And when in the certainty of it all we face hard things, we know this. God loves us still, no matter what. Whether we thrive or struggle or are somewhere in between, God is with us. God is with you. Again and again, God calls the church, the people here, us, to carry one another, to give witness to God who loves us with love and grace and to turn our attention to God and one another with love and grace, even even when our faith feels uncertain. Even when life feels uncertain, yes, yes, we still go and do hard things because God is with us. So we enter the doors of the church and we can look around and count ourselves among such company as this 70 that goes out that Jesus sends. And there are things we carry with us, wonder and beauty, heartache and frustration, hope and grief. We carry these, yes, but we do not carry them alone. And we should never have God gave us a church, one another, to hold one another in peace and in hope. And when we need it in comfort, when we enter this space, we can look around and see 69 others here or more on our good days. For God may have called us as disciples to go out into the world with nothing in our arms and nothing in our bags, which only serves to highlight the real value of the deeper things we carry. Thanks be to God for such a gift. Amen.